Welcome back to Ope, a podcast, episode 61. Happy New Year, everyone. It is 2023. Holy crap, it's a new year. <laughs> uh, I'm one of your hosts, Jason O, along with... Griffin Most. And me, Soup, I guess. Yeah. And we'll be today without Wyatt and Laurence. Uh, Wyatt had to take a rain check today, and I think Laurence is probably wet resting for the semester until he goes back to law school. So... Um, that's it about that. So today, everyone, uh, today's going to be a pretty much an emergency last minute episode to actually wrap up our the seat uh, wrap up this uh, 2022 season for the Golden Gophers. Um, so the Gophers played Syracuse uh, for the Pinstripe Orange Bowl a couple days ago, and we had some thoughts, feelings, and some stuff to discuss post game because we had a lot to. <laughs> talk about after that uh game we saw so guys the gophers won 28 to 20 against syracuse um and there's a lot to get through so i think we'll just start off then we should never ever play in a fucking baseball stadium for football like holy crap never ever ever like my it's, god it's just it's just so it's so bad it's so dangerous for all the players it's just not i don't i don't i don't even understand the allure to it to it as like the baseball team you know what i mean i like mean as, if i'm a player if i'm a player god. and i like sorry i was just like if i'm a player and you have to constantly like think like should i be changing cleats like how should my spikes be? And then you're running down the field and you're running from center field across like the infield. And you're like, wow, this like ground feels really weird under me. Like that's not good. Yeah. Especially when you hear like the cartoon sound effects start to like play in the background of like the slipping. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It was so bad. Um, I think the one, like particularly the part where they put grass over the center field, like where you, like where it's usually the what the that brown. I'm not sure what you call it in baseball. Like I'm not a baseball person, but like that, as part of the diamond, like that usually sandy dust powder. Um, they put the grass over that, so then this like the like the, the, the between the two forties where the pinstripe bowl logo is, the grass is literally flying off all in chunks all over the place from everyone's cleats. Like it it looked so it, it looked terrible. Um, both the Gophers and Syracuse were slipping. Like, for example, like there are moments where like, I think Lamecki caught a uh, Lamecki, for example, caught a ball. He could have like got extra yak off that, but he slips. You know when he lands on the field, um, or stuff like that, or rushing on the rushing side as well. Quarterback slipping when they get the snap out of the shotgun. Um, like it was not good, and, and especially at the end of the game, which like the consistency of slips or the, the high frequency of slipping on both sides, you're just like, yeah, these players like are kind of don't care anymore, and they're just ready to get off the field more than anything. Yeah, yeah it's just it's just tough to play like your best ball in that kind of environment too. Like, it's not really much you can do. And mind you as well, I do want to note this. We also played in a baseball stadium last year against um, West Virginia for the um, Guaranteed Rate Bowl. And uh, and and I, I did make this point in our group chat during the game. Like, that field was also bad. 
but like they also left the roof open with rain coming in like yeah like that one was like totally like self-inflicted you know what i mean yeah this one was this one was they thought this field was fine you know what i mean like and can you imagine being bad boy mowers like you're a you're a mowing you're a lawn mowing company right like you're like a landscaping company wouldn't you want the field of your bowl game to be a little better than this i don't know and then we're we're, we're in like a, a day and age where there's football stadiums everywhere every city that they play in yet they decide Let's keep putting them in baseball stadiums. It's like we have MetLife Stadium across the river. Just go to East Rutherford. It's fine. Oh, you're in Arizona. Just play the game in Phoenix at State Farm Stadium. Like, I just don't get what is so hard. I just don't. I'll tell you right now, Griff, it's uh, they don't want to pay the premium. <laughs> pay it. And it's, it's all for student athletes, right? Uh, something, something, uh, student athletes, something, something, uh, money. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Also, uh, can we, with like, I know we're going to get into the announcers here, folks. Don't worry. But <laughs> can, can we stop like the shaming of kids who either, uh, sit out their bowl games or transfer? Can we stop doing this oh, yeah. on national TV? Because you are a grown adult, first of all. Like, number one, you're an adult. These are kids. And a lot of these kids are, like, securing a lifelong dream for themselves by not playing in this game. They're making sure they're going to be healthy for the, like, combine process and get good, get good money in the NFL. And nobody should ever be mad at anybody for that, you know? Yeah, they kept mentioning john michael schmidt's uh jms <laughs> that he opted out and we had nathan bow so i was like like yeah we'll we'll have like i like, i for sure expected the client to play because like again jms is an all-american center um and one of the best centers in school history and at least in most recent memory so like it, it makes sense that like, he wants to opt out and you know pursue the nfl stuff because he's trying to raise up his stock but like damn like tone it down and then they also the analysis is the same thing with the syracuse sideline because some of their players opted out too so like it was like this talking about the ops i'm like just focus on the game yeah and they spent like the in, like the entire first part of the coverage was like them talking about like transfers and stuff for syracuse too and it's just like like you're you work for a TV network. You can go work for a different TV network anytime you want. Like why are you shaming these kids for trying to better themselves in their situation to pursue pro football? Like stop it. All the time they spent shaming, they could have spent uh researching how to properly say <laughs> each of these players' names or like talking about the actual game going on in front of them instead of this like weird politicky like oh loyalty there's no loyalty anymore and now it's about money and the NFL it's like it's always been about money in the NFL now it's just out in the open okay stop yeah but it's, it's a good segue griff i do want to talk about the names i i kept the list of names that they screwed up so they mistaken lemecky brockington um for what daniel jackson for What'd they say for Lemecki? I think I missed that one. Um, they call him Daniel Jackson when he made the uh, like those first down plays. Oh, oh, the they, first oh they just swapped the okay. Yeah, yeah. they swap names. Um, well, you know the number nine and the number zero look very similar. Yeah, whatever that is. 
Um, let's see what else here. Wasn't there Dalen Wright and Daniel Jackson? Yeah, he had a couple of those too. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They even pronounced Coleman Bryson's name wrong, like, like a little bit too when he made the INT. I don't know if that was just me, but like, like yeah. God damn! Like, can you guys like? Not I I I think if I remember correctly, like I remember when um Pat McAfee did call like the Packers Detroit game years ago. Like each network, so Fox, CBS, ESPN, and them always has like the uh and and including like the Gophers and Syracuse each gave their like pronunciation thing to the networks before the yeah. game, and they didn't even bother to read that correctly as well, like. Uh, a lot. Dang, I can't find my list, but like it was atrocious how they were mis like saying the wrong. It was like that game when the was it Brevin Span Spanford <laughs> game. Span Span Spanford. Yeah, like it was. Don't forget uh, Mariano Sorry Martin. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. Or I think whose name was literally just on the screen for the food bit that they did of him, which I yeah. thought was cool. They literally were just putting his name on the screen, and then he makes a play, and they're like, Mariano Sorry Martin. I'm like, are you serious, you guys? <laughs> like, he's right there. And, and then I think we were also joking on our group chat during the game because of, the, like, the announcing was just so bad. Like, this can, can we just get other announcers that we know has, like, called the Gophers before and don't actually make that fuck up? <laughs> what would be really funny is if you used it as a time as ESPN to, like, do some goodwill, quote-unquote, and, like, highlight some local people you know what i mean like have like someone from like a local broadcast like from syracuse and minnesota like meet up in the booth and do the game together you know like that would be super fun and you'd have two people who know both teams pretty well and it would i think i think it'd be cool like our mike rim and like whoever is their version of mike rim and if you're espn it's a great way to scout talent Instead of True. just hiring people who have been doing it for 20, 30 years or hiring people whose whose dads did it for 20, 30 years, <coughs> Collinsworth, <coughs> um, or, you know, just like actually giving people a chance who have like, you know, worked on sports broadcasting for a really long time. Because there's too many sports broadcasters right now who do not do their homework, who do not care, and there's no repercussions. And it's really it makes games hard to watch. Makes me miss John Madden even more. <sighs> but I digress. But yeah, the um, analysis were terrible. Field conditions were terrible. Um, I, point number three, Griffin, uh, and you, Super as well, you two mentioned this. My God. Is it Scott Fisher? No, what's the referee? Scott Campbell. Scott Campbell and that Big 12 officiating crew was, by golly, terrible well, I mean as well. <laughs> By Big 12 standards, it was a good game because there's no holding in the Big 12 on offensive linemen. You true, true, do true. They want. I do want to mention that, like we, I, I think they held our guys, but we also held their guys yeah, in the game, and they never call called it. it. Yeah, I'm not gonna call it. I think the calls like, that they did make, like obviously, um, uh, I'm trying to remember. So uh, actually, what they didn't call, so they were actually pretty reserved on throwing flags on PIs. So pass interference is like there were moments where like I thought which is fine yeah which like mm -hmm. maybe Wally Newbin or Coleman Bryson like our younger guys who are doesn't have much experience or so Darius Green number twelve Coleman Bryson at number sixteen they got cooked a lot this game as well mm -hmm. um, 
and they didn't get called for PIs on some of those, which is surprising. Same with on the, on Syracuse's side when they're against you yeah. know Daniel, Lamecki, D- Dalen, or Brevin. Um, so very reserved on that, which I'm okay with. But I think um, especially because it was consistent both ways, right? Correct. Yep. But I think the play that um, I know Soup, you're still like you were very mad about this during our group chat, and we we watched it prior to the prior to this, so in the second half. So like, was it? 30 some seconds left in the second half or the first half yeah. in the second quarter. So they had that uh, review that, that reviewed play where they completed it to the sideline. Um, that was, that was good. Like, right. Like we didn't see any indisputable evidence, but then the next play where they made like what, five yards, six yards at the 34 second mark um, looked incomplete and it didn't reshow it again. Like they ran up to the line. So then they can make the next play. Because they had no timeout, so yeah. he landed in bounds. And, and that would negate the uh, review, right? Like, they're trying to beat the officials from making yeah, that decision. Yeah, I think that's more of, like, them trying to get the playoff because they had, like, 40 yards to go and 30 seconds left yeah. still, and their guy landed in bounds with no timeout. So I, I don't think that was them, like, getting cheeky and, like, being like, oh, I yeah. don't think I caught that. And even if it was, that's, like, that's what you're supposed to do. You know, you're Correct. supposed to put pressure on the officials to make those calls. What I would have loved to see is uh, I thought – PJ did a really good job in the first half with not just like burning his timeouts for no reason like he likes to. That last drive when Syracuse is like really kind of gashing you down the field, I would have liked to have seen a timeout there. I mean, I don't because it's like they're finally getting some momentum that they haven't had all game. You're giving up these chunk plays. It's like, yeah, I understand you don't want to stop the clock for them, but like you also don't want to give up. 15 yards of play you know like it's like you can't just let them walk down the field either and i would have loved to see a timeout let's gather ourselves all right guys like like we have to like you got to be better in your disciplines like yeah we're playing no doubles but you guys have to come up and tackle you know stuff like that so i don't know i would have loved to seen a timeout in that last like minute um just to kind of like steady on kind of everybody because at that point it's like if they score they're gonna score anyway at that point once they're across the 50 it, you might as well like let your guys get a breather, and yeah, then you sure. yell at the officials and say, "Hey, please look at this play. I know you just reviewed one that looked just like it. This throw looked a little low too. Can we get a look at that one too?" Like, and then you're slowing the game down, game down in general, and I think that benefits you. But whatever. Did anyone ever get a review um, of that on Sportsmanlike at the end of the game? That oh yeah, on Syracuse is number five or something like that. No, yeah. I never saw that one again. No, I, I've never. I'm, I, I, I cannot I, find it. I was looking for that because I'm like, did he like step over him? Did he say something? So like, I so I I rewatched the whole game because it's saved to my YouTube TV DVR, and I'm like, I saw nothing. Like I didn't hear anything audio. Obviously, we hear PJ <laughs> yelling here and there. In yeah, the, the whole second half. You can yeah, hear but him. then like, but like you don't hear or see what number five did to get the unsportsmanlike penalty. Even the ACC fans, like when they posted the, uh, like the, the ten, nine, 10 minute, um, like summary of the game, like the over, like the highlights of the game sure. on the ACC network, and the ACC fans were like, the fuck, where, where, what was the penalty for? Like, and he had to have said something to the ref, right? Like that's, yeah, that's the only thing. He had to have said something to the official, right? Because like I, I'm with you. Like I didn't see, I didn't see anything on it either. It felt very weird. Yeah, and um, th- 
I do want to mention another one. Uh, I'm not sure if it's like more towards officiating, but uh, when they reviewed, so remember when they fu- uh, Garrett Schrader uh, fumbled the ball, uh, Mariano picked it up and ran it on the sideline. They got horse collared. Obviously, that was a flag. We all knew that. Like the guy had two hands to yank uh, Mariano down to down to the ground. Like we we knew that was going to be a flag, but then we didn't know that there was actually another flag on the field for was it 12 men on the field for yeah. defense? Was that always reviewable? Cause I, I, I was confused. I'm like, wait, that's, that's a reviewable offense. Yeah. So <laughs> it, the thing is, is it is always review. It is a reviewable one, but it's not one that officials usually miss because you're supposed to count the players before every snap. Literally. That's the back judge's job. <laughs> yeah. The, the, that's the back judge's job. Like that's part of your job. Every play is you count the players on each side. Yeah. So it's reviewable in the sense that they can review it and get that right, which they did. But how do you miss that one? And I think it was especially reviewable because they do the flag right away. But the, the, what also bothers me is they acted like they were just going to pick it up after uh, Mariano went down the field because they're like supposed to blow the play dead or at least let the like, right. Isn't 12 men like a dead ball foul? I thought. Because it's not like offsides where you get a free play. Or no, is it? No, it's not. I uh, At least from what I was aware of, it's like a, it's a dead play. If there's 12 minutes I think of view when the ball snaps. I think it's I think it's like offsides, actually. Oh, is it? But even okay. but even yeah. then, I was kind of confused because they're like, they're, they're acting like there was no other flag, and then they came back, and then they're like, oh, now we're reviewing for 12 men. I was like, well, that's yeah, why yeah, you the flag they, in the first place. They never place. announced oh. that. They didn't announce yeah. that flag. They announced the... The, the like block in the back or whatever right mm-hmm. yeah so sloppy but yeah it's like that's that's gonna happen anytime you let defenders finally get a shot at some of these offensive players like yeah okay yeah but i think those are the only three uh key items so again the portable fuel conditions would be talked about uh the uh, the um broadcasting crew for this game and then the um officiating uh is there anything else that was a sour note overall in the game before we get to like those the bad parts of what happened in the game for the gopher side um i don't know if i have any more sour grapes i don't you know i thought it was outside of like the operational aspects of the game and pretty good oh you grip uh i think that's i think that's about it we kind of covered defense yeah and how they're giving up chunk plays but at the same time uh they were ready to respond with, you know, either an INT or different play. So, I mean, anytime they had momentum going against them, they found a way to get it back. And Ja Joyner probably has like five or six sacks if they call holding like once. <laughs> well, I was kind of, I was kind of uh, amazed when they were like mentioning on the broadcast that they said, you know, Ja Joyner had like four QB pressures or hurries or hits or something like that and that's like team leading this year and i just like put like a big face palm like <laughs> on my head and i'm like this is you shouldn't have said team best after four qb like pressures but yeah sour know. grape defensive line i guess there you go sure but i do want to get into the game here so um before we go into the scoring drives and, and how things went um, I do want to mention uh, Cody Lindenberg, linebacker, and then our quarterback, Ethan Kalikmanis, um, are okay. 
uh, from what we are made aware of. Um, PJ said in his post-game press conference, uh, he is only expecting to be out for a few weeks. Um, nothing major, but also not minor. So, like, not major, like, you know, I, I will say that on the group chats, we're all like, oh, no. <laughs> uh, like, we're expecting, like, torn ACLs, MCLs, meniscus, or anything soft tendon in the knees or ankles uh this game but i'm glad that they're okay and that we'll be seeing them next season as well so glad that is not too bad i think we can blame a little bit on the fuel conditions and uh and this you know situation in the game that led to those um mishaps per se but yeah happy that they're okay but it was very hard to watch um during this game when they got hurt and other players too. But yeah, going on from there. So boys, um, uh, our offense on the second half. So the first half they did pretty well. Like Ethan led on some really good drives. Uh, and then when Tanner stepped in for his current call, did okay as well in the first half uh, with the with going up 14 zero before Syracuse scores at before, right before the half. Um, but overall, we only had 138 yards on off, uh, 138 yards passing, um, about uh, 70, 70 yards. I think yeah, 77 yards on rushing um, versus Syracuse's uh, 330 passing and 147 rushing. Like if you look at the stats, like just on paper, you would think Syracuse would have won this game with those stats but they didn't <laughs> uh so i'm gonna we can nitpick the offense now so i'll let you guys take the lead on what to nitpick at for the offense after you buddy go ahead griff i gotta get some water on offense did so when um daniel jackson scored his second touchdown and they had the tunnel screen Right. Mm -hmm. Did that bring anyone back to Penn State game, or is yeah. that just me? Great memory. Huh? Yeah, with Crab right. with the tunnel screen as well. Like once I saw that, once I saw Daniel Jackson coming back towards the quarterback and catch the ball, I'm like, oh, I love this. You throw it in once per game, and Syracuse was not ready for it. Um, but also, they just had bad tackling on that play as well. But that is what I liked. Um, out of that, I loved seeing Tanner come in and just throw an absolute dime to Daniel Jackson. Like, I think it's great that he got the opportunity to play. Obviously, I wish it was under better circumstances um, in terms of, you know, your quarterback going down. But um, good send-off for him. And, I mean, what, what did the Gophers really have to do in this game? Because they could hand the ball off. They were just trying to get small um, chunk plays. They weren't trying to go, you know, long ball and get huge chunks of yards. Um, they played pretty conservatively for the most part, but I, but they kept the playbook open. Um, so I definitely like that. And next year with uh, Mo gone, there's going to be a serious fight for RB1, I think, because I just don't think Trey Potts is it. Um, he's great as like a utility back and just kind of throwing him in there every once in a while, but he is not your main RB1. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more on a lot of that. Um, yeah, I don't think Potts is 
unfortunately really the future here and i think they've got a lot of good interesting young talent behind him too that's you know uh unfortunately i think gonna kind of push him out a little bit but other than that i think you saw uh i think you saw a very interesting game plan and design with Ethan when he was in i think you saw them willing to you know, push the ball downfield a little more. You saw Ethan really drive the football down the field, which is not something Tanner does, which I think is part of the reason they don't do it as much with Tanner. They don't throw the the deep out. They don't really throw the 15-yard tw- dig a lot because Tanner can't really drive the ball like that. And, you know, throwing lollipops over the middle of the field or outside the numbers like that is going to get you in trouble. So um I think they really, you know, had to scale back their plan once Ethan went down and kind of go back to the Gophers that we, uh, I don't know about know and love, but see all the time. Um, But I think just looking at the yardage totals, the time of possession, and, like, all of those stats that, like, PJ usually, like, loves and is, like, so adamant about, I think, like... It goes to show that uh, the, the only things that really matter are explosive plays, right? You you give up almost 500 total yards of offense and you still win by 18 points because you're the more explosive team. Both of your touchdowns on offense to Daniel Jackson are 20-plus yard plays. You have a 70-yard interception return. And then you, you've got your classic Mo punching it in early. But, but like, this game they won because of big plays down the field and i mean i don't know what else like if you're the coaching staff like what else do you need to see moving forward so yeah and i do want to mention this is uh from wyatt's notes he really loved that special teams play that set up that daniel jackson touchdown uh pass uh to get put us up seven points um i'm trying to remember here so uh quinn redding uh field the ball like what our one or two yard line Throws the fake to Lamecki, keeps it, and runs down the uh, runs down the field for like sixty. I think was a sixty seventy yards. Hang on, let me find that exact stat here. Um, yeah, seventy two yards down the field to set us up in the um, Syracuse side of the field, uh, and then we just pretty much got stopped on the first drive or the first down and on second down, Daniel Jackson was resident on the tunnel screen for the touchdown, like pause special teams play. Like obviously we know Mark Crawford would do Mark Crawford things as punter. Like he's not going to like, you know, we, we know who he is as a punter, but just to see, finally see some positive um, special teams yards uh, was really good. Like, can you please see more of that next year, please? Yeah. I mean, I think you saw that, you know, Redding's got some juice, which is nice. I didn't also mention. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure why the Gopher Sports put the uh, interception stuff as special teams <laughs> statistics, but also uh, Coleman Bryson, number sixteen, uh, true freshman uh, defensive back, uh, also had the interception and brought it back seventy yards with that tutty as well. So like, um, big plays. Yeah, big plays, amazing plays as well. Right, take much... those plays. Take those plays. Those are those are two big plays, like touchdown creating yeah. plays, right? Yeah, we that's do. what 140 yards of off extra offense, and now you're back in that 350 kind of area where they kind of always are. There you mm-hmm. go. Yeah, so it was amazing work by uh, 
I think pretty much like all three phases, even though yes, offense got stunted pretty much the second half, but defense and special teams came through as well. I think in the past, we never had the game where all three came in. Like I think maybe the non-conference slates when all three phases of the game work, but like this is a game that I, I thought worked, especially in a bowl game where like Syracuse was tearing us up. So yeah, again, I think this is a total blowout if, if Ethan plays the whole game. I think their passing game becomes severely limited once Tanner comes in just because of what they want to do with the talent they have and what Tanner can do as a thrower. So I think the like second half game plan just became, okay, let's not make the catastrophic mistake to let them back in this game. Yeah, you could also sure. add Mo in. You could add Mo in there too if Mo yeah. played all four quarters. Oh yeah. Yeah. He probably just ends up like eating the rest of the way ends up with like, you know, 200 yards or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you saw him with, like, 70-some yards, and you saw those runs that he was making. Like, they're, they're going to wear him down. He already took people's helmets off. That's <laughs> just Mo. It's just Mo behavior. For sure. And uh, now, uh, since we're on Mo, we have to talk about number 24, guys. Like, Retire it. Retire just hang number it 24 at Huntington Bank Stadium, please. He, let's see, what, uh, so he broke... A bunch of records um, during the bowl game. So he broke uh, the all-time uh, rushing yards um, record, all-time touchdowns record in a single season. In what else? Was there any more that I missed? Yeah, I got it here somewhere. It was. Where's my list? Because I quote tweeted somebody who's like a Gopher alum, like Gold Club head, who I was talking to for a while on Twitter about like they were like, oh, we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't retire his number because he's not you know whatever whatever dumb reason. Um. So it is career rushing yards, career touchdowns, single season rushing yards, single game touchdowns, and single season touchdowns. Like damn. Like Mo in the six years here, uh, including the year where he tore his Achilles in the first game last year, like a, a talented back, played a lot of heart and passion at that position as well, um, and even staying, even though he could have gone ahead and pursued new opportunities like the NFL. And I'm like, I'll be honest, like Griffin said it, like, uh, and and you too, soup. Like once, like once Mo leaves, like the standards of being a Minnesota running back <laughs> is going to be high <laughs> of what he left behind. So uh, I'm sad to see him go, but what an amazing game in that first half where he just broke more records. Uh, and I can see why like they, he didn't play the second half because, you know, he, 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 he's done quite enough <laughs> for Minnesota football. And it was good to see him and Tanner in the victory formation post, uh, post at the end of the game as well. So, I got to leave at that. But any other thoughts on Mo Ibrahim uh, leaving with the leaving as the best running back in Minnesota history? That man's got nothing left to prove. And I, some, some team is going to be very grateful that they picked him on Sundays. Yeah. uh, Thanks for everything, Mo. Can't wait to see number 24 in the rafters. That's, that's basically it, you know, for sure. But um, other than that, you guys have anything else regarding this game? Um, 
I have. I'm good. <laughs> maybe, maybe someone else agrees. Maybe they don't. But kind of the end of the game when they had like the first and ten, and they were just trying to run the clock out. Obviously, they're just going to run the ball to keep the clock running. But it was like third and two, and they didn't convert or whatever. And I was kind of thinking like. Is, was there a chance we're going to blow this up? <laughs> like, I think after the play clock would have went down, they would have had, like, 20 seconds to, like, punt or something like that. But You're talking about at the end of the game, right, when we had our la- uh, the possession before they tried to march down the, end, the red zone from Syracuse? Like, uh... No, I'm talking with, like, a minute left. There was, like, two minutes left, yep. and then we ran, like, three plays. Yeah, so, like, well, it was Trey Potts and Potts ran in. Yeah. Got a good Potts got to, like, sec- yeah, yeah, he got, like, it- to second and four and then third and two, and then he got stuff to the line of scrimmage or something. Uh, Tan- I think Tanner did. I'm not sure if that was that play. But, yeah, so we were we were stopped on fourth and two. PJ took the timeout to try – they let the clock eat for the play clock, took the timeout, right. and I think, like, Syracuse still had like a minute left on the clock, game clock, to march back down. And is this the end of the first half? No, and uh, the second half. No, so end, like, end of the game. Last two minutes this of the like, game. This is basically yeah. like. Yeah, they would have like, had time, plenty of time. Yeah. yeah. Here. Like, I, I felt like the way our defense was playing at some points of the game that they were just going to give up a bunch of chunk yards. But obviously, thank you, Clark, for. You're unsportsmanlike, whatever. There were the 40 seconds left when they called the unsportsmanlike. 40? Okay. Yeah. That's that's a lot of time for Garrett Trader. Yeah. It, it was enough in the first half. Jeez. <laughs> it certainly <Yeah>. was. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, it was. Um, I had Soup mentioned it. Like, there are moments, like, some of the, like, those plays like that were like, uh, can we not just do that? <laughs> yeah. Can we just finish this one out, guys, please? But I will say, though, Griffin's prediction was pretty close. Griffin, you predicted 27-20. The game Woo! was 28-20. So. I bet I think I had a couple of you that were very close. I think You've the one. Two or three that have been yeah. almost within, like, two or three points. And my worst one was the Purdue game. <laughs> <laughs> it was. But I do want to mention, actually, so with overall record-wise, um, Griffin, you and I and Wyatt are tied at 9-4. and four. Like from just our like preseason predict, just like the Gopher record, and then Soup, uh, while well, he did, while well, Soup missed some episodes, it says he's at seven and one, so he is technically at the best record. <laughs> we did do percentages wise, um, but sorry, Soup, there's no prize for it. Just random preseason stuff. So, <laughs> hey, the prize is enough. Just knowing yeah. how many, how many, uh, how many games did Soup get in? Uh, he he was seven and one out of the eight games. Uh. Sorry, sorry, Soup. Minimum nine, minimum nine games. <laughs> <laughs> minimum nine games for eligibility. But I do actually want to mention the. I besides... got an extra season now on my eligibility for next year. <laughs> <laughs> yep, send that waiver over, and we'll take forever to approve it. <laughs> but actually, I do want to mention. Um, so actually, this is also in the la- like in terms of like. I think was it back from like the nineteen early nineteen hundreds. This is the first time since then where the Gophers has won more than nine games within a five game stretch. So like the twenty nineteen eleven and eleven and was it no eleven and two season. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we COVID's a wash. Like 
we all expected that. And then we won nine, we did nine we won nine games last year, including the bowl game, and won nine games this year with said bowl game as well. So um, I think that's just the expectation moving forward, guys. I think we talked about before where the expectation is like this team we know can win nine plus games a year. Like which that is, is wild. Yeah, like that's the standard moving forward. And um, you know, I have high hopes. Like I, I know, like we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I have high hopes for next year. Like we have a very talented quarterback coming back, and Ethan, mm-hmm. like he can sling it, and they can do things on offense that we couldn't do with Tanner. Which is, and you saw flashes from both young receivers. You saw yeah. nine. You saw zero. You saw five. All make plays. And then and also, just also quality crap. reps overall. Yeah. Yep. And then we also have Crab coming back as well. So like. We have a very loaded receiver room. And two transfers that should contribute right away, Correct. too. So you're, all of a sudden, you're five deep at receiver. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, obviously, on the tight end room, uh, Brevin is returning as well. And then, uh, I, I do know, we didn't we haven't talked about this guy much as well, but uh, Nick Calrup, uh, 87, also has been coming more of like a co-keefed kind of uh, tight end, like blocking tight end for the offense as well. Um, but also can be there to catch balls as needed. So very excited about this offense to bring. Uh, the only thing I'm worried about, if we're looking to next year, guys, I think it's going to be the offensive line because um, JMS is gone. Uh, then who else? Uh, see, I think only guys returning, I think from what I read on the list here, is Ariante uh, Ursary. And then um, let's see. And Quinn Carroll. Um, Chick Filiaga, Axel Rushmeyer, and obviously JMS are like the bulk of our starting offensive center. Like, like yeah, that's going to be interesting. Um, I think Nathan Bow might be graduating too. I think so. So, our interior offensive lines go be very new. Um, obviously, Ariante has been doing pretty well. I think Quinn is. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But like maybe he needs a year, another year to like double down kind of like Sam Schluter in the past. I know we, I remember LaRoz and I shat on him <laughs> the year he started for it on the offensive line uh, when he first started. And then the next year he got better. Um, so we'll see what happens with the offensive line, but uh, I hope uh, Brian Callahan can uh, get those guys up and ready for next year. Cause that's, I think that's my only concern with the offense is the O line uh, for next year. Yeah, um, we're getting Brev back too, so that'd be nice. Um, yeah, I think the really only question mark is is the line. I think you have, like you said, known quantity is basically everywhere else at some at some percent. So uh, that's good. But uh, we could we should talk we should talk a little defense because I thought uh, regardless of like tricky tricky field surface tricky mm-hmm. tricky game situations for them, I think they played well. Yeah, um, I do want to mention one. Uh, like I mentioned him earlier, Cody Lindenberg. My God, like he was all over the field. Like he reminds me of, um, uh, in terms of NFL guys, like uh, uh, what was it? Uh, so Eric Kendricks from the Vikings. But then I think who's the Cowboys linebacker? Vanderesh, as Layton, well. Yeah, yeah, Lane mm-hmm. Vanderesh. Like, like he, like Cody flew around that field until he got hurt. He like, has great instincts. Like he just was really good instincts. Like all over the place. I remember. I know you said it, soup. Like I, I, I love uh, MSM Mariano. Sorry, Marin, but like obviously Mariano isn't the guy to like 
instinctively like he's smart he's not the sideline to sideline athlete that cody lindenberg is and it's it is very evident when they play right next to each other it's like one of these guys is like much much more athletic than the other one yeah for sure so yeah i do want to mention cody like i i just love how he played i mean he had a really good game too like until he got hurt he was having himself a day he was uh he had 11 he still led the team in tackles (laughs) he had nine solo tackles that's nuts our linebackers pretty much ran that defense. Yeah, that's what you want to see, right? You want to see that's that's the guys you'd like to see leading tackles instead of when it's usually Jordan Howden and uh, and Tyler Newman. That's not that's not as good. So no, but I think part of that too was Syracuse's offense because you saw a lot of yeah. like them throwing it out to the side and then very you have quick the DBs trying to close in because mm-hmm. they tried to use their speed on the outside. Because but but yes, yeah, still nice to see linebackers. Yeah, um, I'll say, welcome to Gopher Football, Darius Green and Coleman Bryson. Though, I thought Darius they Green really good games. Darius Green is someone I'm really excited for after watching this game. Yeah, the he'll slot right into the the old Flip Dixon spot there. I think kind of playing the hybrid nickel safety, mm-hmm. and I I love it. I mean, that fourth down stop he had, where he diagnoses the play immediately, sticks his foot in the ground, and just fires off the ball like. That is just mm, delicious, delicious tape that you like to eat up. And that's just, I mean, that was awesome. And he just was, he was all over the place. He was flying around. And obviously we know uh, about Bryson's pick six. Yeah. And I do want to mention too. So Jordan Howden, uh, Soup, you shared this uh, from Twitter. Jordan Howden is not using his remaining year of eligibility for the Gophers. He is going to pursue his dreams in the NFL. So if you're looking at the defensive backroom guys coming back next year, so um, Tyler Newbin, who had unfortunately was out with his hand injury um, during the last couple games of the season, Justin Wally is coming back. Darius Green, who we uh, who we saw flying around this field against Syracuse, Coleman Bryson as well, especially being a mm-hmm. true freshman as well. Yep. And then I think part of the reason Howden decides to go to the NFL is that Newbin comes back, right? Which is unfortunate because you love to see Newbin come back. Newbin probably doesn't come back if he breaks his wrist, if I'm being honest. <laughs> if he doesn't bust his wrist, I think he goes to the NFL. But I think because he's not going to be 100% for the combine process, I don't know if there's a point, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, I think Howden unfortunately sees that Newbin's going to be the better player again for a year. So why hide behind him again? Just go to the league. Obviously, somebody told him that somebody's looking at him. So. I mean, he'll get a shot. He's a very solid player. Somebody will take a flyer. So it's just uh, interesting to think there. And then next to him, you'll probably have one of Coleman Bryson or Darius Green, right? Yeah, for sure. And then uh, we we have to touch the D-line. So I know... uh, um, So for the the fans, so again, we're all in a Snapchat group just to talk about the game. And the one thing I think Soup, you noted this, the amount of blitzes Joe Rossi dialed up this game, like, like, but I know, I know we harped on in the past, uh, in the seat during this past season was like, we're not getting, we're not getting through with four guys, um, currently. No. Um, and, and then the, these safety linebacker blitzes, um, put pressure on Garrett Schaefer and that Syracuse offense, like. Like he he was not comfortable in that pocket um, during that during the game, so I was mm-hmm. happy to see that. But also, Jaw Joiner 
he is a when he's on the field he's a freak like the off the offensive line had to like double him up just to make sure he doesn't get close or they had to hold him yeah <laughs> John's John scary he's scary yeah and then uh, obviously uh what else and from from the defensive side of the ball um Trill Car I, I do want to say Trill Carter and then Jaden Logan Redding also has some good highlights as well from this game. I, I think the with the younger guys stepping in, uh, I think we'll be I think we should be really be excited to what's to come on the D line. Like yes, I think it's still work in progress, but I think if Joe Razi can just dial up those more blitzes and uh, like help out the D line to get pressure, I think mm-hmm. our defense can be set and be very volatile. I think it was again. interesting that you saw such a schematic change from from Rossi uh, with the amount of blitzes that were coming. I think I think that's very significant. I think it speaks to him understanding his personnel as well as understanding what um, Syracuse wanted to do. And I think that that just goes – I mean, again, it's just we're just talking about how Joe Rossi's a good coach, and that's been well-established. But um, I know a lot of people get on him throughout the season because they don't think he plays with enough pressure. But I think um, – I think he's expects more from his front four. And I think Jaws really the only one giving you any kind of consistency up there right now. And uh, he decided against a quick passing game to kind of send some pressure. Cause Hey, the ball's coming out fast. Anyway, we might as well try and get to the QB. So I like, yeah. yeah. Like Darius green coming off the DB blitz. Uh, that, I mean, he broke off the line so fast and they didn't even cover him. You have, like you said, jaw, like jaws, the guy that, he can't go sideline to sideline when the QB gets flushed out of the pocket. Like you saw him several times, like running to the sideline because he can catch up to some of these people. Like, as you mentioned, understanding your players, like if you can't get, if you can't penetrate through the line, then you're going to have to uh, use your players to tackle them other ways. And that's getting them out of the pocket. All right. Anything else from the defensive side of the ball? No, <laughs> I think last piece I do want to touch on special teams as well. So uh, Matt Trickett will be leaving, I believe. He is a senior, um, so he would not be returning. Uh, so I am also, uh, also obviously Quinton Redding is returning as our uh, returner on kickoff and punting. See you, Mark Crawford. Bye bye. <laughs> yeah, can we please say goodbye to Mark Crawford? <laughs> I said goodbye to him like I don't know six, seven games ago. Yeah. But um, I'm very curious how we turn up on the kicker side because um, I will say in the PJ Fleck era, uh, we have not had a good run in terms of kickers. Like besides Emmett Carpenter, who we retained post uh, Tracy Clay's Jerry Kill, and then Matt for the last couple years here. Um, d- during that time between Mitt and Matt, has not been good. Like was a Brock Walker and like some other dude. I forgot his name. <laughs> in the kicking competition. Um, So hopefully I I hope PJ figures out the kicking side of it. If not, I, 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 I'm still all for firing Rob. I don't care if he dialed up the uh, fakes on special teams that you should be doing that all year, not in the bowl game of all things. Like, (sighs) I want special teams to be good. Like, yes, they showed great flashes this, this past game, but I need more. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. And to touch on um, what you're saying earlier about like nine win seasons with the Gophers, 
the only Power 5 teams with nine or more wins in each of the last three full seasons, so this does not include the COVID season, the only teams in Power 5 football with nine wins over the last three full seasons, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, Utah, Oregon, Georgia, Alabama, Notre Dame, and Minnesota. That's some great company. That's some great company there. Yeah, you know, for all the people who, you know, get pissed about missing out on the Big Ten West title and stuff this year, just the floor of the program has been raised, and that is a hard thing to do, and it is a good place to be, and let's let's enjoy it. Yeah, it's 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 great. We won the bowl game. We are now pinstripe bowl champions. Um, great wrap to the twenty twenty two season. Six straight bowl game wins. Yeah. So that's awesome. But uh, that, gentlemen, let's wrap this up. Uh, everyone, please have a very happy and safe new year. Enjoy 2023. We'll see you guys again to preview uh, the Golden Gophers football schedule uh, for the 2023 fall season uh, for football here. Uh, but other than that, please have a great time of year. We'll see you again soon. And, uh, yeah, so I- I'm with Griffin. Say bye, Griffin. Goodbye, everyone. It's been a pleasure. Soup. It has been a ride. I'm petitioning the uh, OPA podcast committee, though, to change eligibility to eight <laughs> games. <laughs> and I'm Jason L. And I uh, wish you a great year. Happy New Year. And uh, have a great 2023. And we see you, see you guys again soon. So bye. And oh. Oh.